Hi there. I'd love to have my voice used on the air. Dollamore, you are a big fucking jackass. You are an anti-American, sick son of a bitch liberal. I hope you fucking drop dead. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host for this 245th episode. Jesse Dalamore. Sitting across from me, the lovely and talented Brittany Page. You know, it's getting up there. Uh, the number, number oh, the of number, episodes. Number of shows. Yes. Yeah, almost 250 shows. It's a growing. Big time. Yes. Big time. Someday we'll have some people actually listen to the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that'll be, a, that'll be a good thing. That yeah. won't just be you and me who do the show and then we're the only two people who listen. That would be... <laughs> Great. Before we move on, though, I do want to talk about the love that I get because of my certain views yeah. on YouTube and, and I guess elsewhere. Yeah. Because that, that opening show promo, uh-huh. that wasn't one of the things where, hey, this is so-and-so from such a place and I never listened to the show. That wasn't one of those. That was a real voicemail. Yeah. Hi there. I'd love to have my voice used on the air. Dollamore, you are a big fucking jackass. You are an anti-American, sick son of a bitch liberal. I hope you fucking drop dead. <laughs> I mean, that is quite aggressive. Well, I am a big fucking jackass. That I can't argue with the lady there. I mean... <laughs> Right? A stranger. I was so excited when I got the voicemail today. I may have peed a little bit well, in my pants. Well, listen, here's what's fascinating about this, is that this is a stranger. This is a person who has never met you. This is someone who maybe watched a Tommy Laren video. Right. Got really riled up and decided to call. Oh, did yeah. Did this person block their phone number or did they call with their number? They did call. Block their okay, phone. Okay, so they well, had enough sense to block sure, their sure. phone number at least. But w- we wouldn't have released their phone number anyway. That's no, not. No, the... I'm not saying that we would release their. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm I'm trying to determine the recklessness with which this person engaged in this type of behavior because this is very strange behavior. There was malice of forethought with to this one. to yeah. call someone that you have never met and be this aggressive is a very strange. It's very strange. Well, she she hopes I drop dead. Because we disagree on public policy. We disagree well, you're about a social filthy issues. Liberal. Right. You're a filthy liberal. Yeah, the guy who, you know, <laughs> you can, I can count on one <laughs> finger how many Democrats I voted for in my life, and I'm uh, just a fucking terrible liberal. There's also a, a painting of Ronald Reagan that's on your shoulder that I stare at every time we do the show. Right. Just right behind you. Just right on your shoulder. <laughs> right on your shoulder, there's Ronald Reagan. It is the, the the comment on YouTube that really cracks me up the most is being called a liberal constantly or a social justice warrior. Well, one, I get what they mean when they critique the social justice warrior thing because 
there are people out there who are a little bit nutty about the the SJW thing. But I don't if I'm a warrior for social justice, which I get the meme that has been created, but why is that a bad thing to worry about justice in in in, in our social setting? <laughs> How dare you be passionate about inequality and talk about important issues? Yeah, I don't get it. What a dick. So anyway, lady who's likely not listening for her. Actually, maybe. Maybe this is her her 15 seconds of fame. Wants to hear that vitriol coming out of her face. Yeah, yeah. But but also, listen, for for you haters who are listening right now, I'm not a getting back at you kind of guy. We've had... There was that one guy who called, I believe, from Vegas... Uh, that's the area code who was like called me a puss bag and all this crazy shit. It was about Tommy Laren as well. I didn't t- give his phone number over the air. I'm not going to. That's that's not our style. Well, come on. Well, I let people know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not what we do. I, I, come on. It's not. No. Yeah. So thanks, lady. We, you sound like a, <laughs> a wonderful Christian woman. Well, no, we do hope that you are OK and that things. <laughs> well, I am a little concerned. I hope that things are OK. I mean, the. I honestly am a little concerned about the situation over there, so I hope that everything is okay. I, you're being serious, but the seriousness makes me laugh because you're just you're a caring person about you know her cognitive distortion or well, whatever if the fuck's I, going on. If over I there. was a religious person, I would say I'll pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not. I'm not. So you won't. So I don't know what to say. We. <laughs> Uh, us atheists have nothing to say at this point. Yeah, we don't have a, I'll be thinking about you, but that's not going to help. Yeah, we don't have these empty platitudes to it, say. It, well, that. listen, if lady, if you'd left your phone number, at least we could know the 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 general area in which you live that we could maybe re- refer you to some mental health um, care facilities, counseling centers or something to maybe deal with that 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 issue of anger. Well, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go that far, but I, I will say that I'm making a joke. I, I hope, I hope everything's all right, and I'm very sorry that Jesse D <laughs> has pissed you off to such a now you know <laughs> how Britney Page level. feels. <laughs> now you know exactly how Britney feels. Yeah, now you on a daily pain. basis. Yes, she she tells me she wants me to fucking drop dead <laughs> <laughs> almost hourly. Yeah, it's like oh oh you haven't fucking dropped dead yet. God damn it, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so about who that was, that's actually my best friend. I had her call and <laughs> your 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 best friend is a is a, a middle-aged lady from uh, the eastern seaboard who smokes 12 packs of Marlboros a day. All right. All right. Time to move on. So this week we had drinks with a friend. We'll just jump right in here. <laughs> Thank you. We we had drinks with a friend and uh this has never happened to me before. <laughs> One l- I'll give you a little little background on me. One I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I was in the United States Marine Corps. Jesse was a Marine, everybody. <laughs> Doesn't happen often anymore. But. And in the course of my serving my country in the United States Marine Corps, I suffered some hearing loss. Yes. Uh, I don't hear so good. You do the old hand over the ear yeah, cup. I do. I cup my oh, hand. What was that? I cup. I do the old ear cup yeah. with my hand. Yeah. <laughs> so it like funnels the noise from your mouth into my ear. You know, that's what it does. It actually does that. It it's, makes a bigger ear. Yeah. It's, it's really fucking science. It's you can't really, argue with it. It's really useful. Yeah. Your sarcasm is, is not landing 
I was going to say it's landing on deaf ears, but it kind of is <laughs> landing on deaf ears right now. Yeah. So so I don't hear good. <laughs> well. And uh, I talk loud as a result of it. It's not just because I'm a boisterous asshole. I mean, that's mm. part of it, but it doesn't help that I'm a boisterous asshole. The other part is that I, I don't hear very well at all. Well, we were, I was in the back seat because I'm a gracious guy and I let Brittany sit in the front. And uh, I'm talking to the two people in the front. One guy's driving and Brittany's in the passenger seat. And uh, he stops me mid-sentence. He goes, this has never happened to me before. But I, I always listen to your show in the car. And you were just talking. And instinctively, I went to my steering wheel to turn the volume down. <laughs> because I was live. Yeah. In car, talking too loudly. Yelling. Anyway. You, that's... Said, you said talking too loudly. You were yelling. You typically yell instead of talk. That's, come on. It's something that happens. Unnecessary. It's something that happens. Let me continue with the story. There's before no need you to be ashamed. There's no need to be ashamed. So anyway, he, he I'm talking so loud, he starts turning down the volume because it's, it's like a podcast because he hears my voice and almost like a Pavlovian response, <laughs> he goes for the steering wheel control to turn down the volume. Yeah. I, I just wanted to share that. There's no point. Other than I thought it was funny. It was very funny. And I actually <laughs> witnessed the turning down of the, well, there was nothing on, so there was nothing to turn down, but I still saw the volume flash in, in the screen on the front of the car, and I could see that it was going down. I'm like, huh, I wonder what that's about. <laughs> and then it was because you were yelling. He was trying to get it turned down, you know? You know. Talking too loud. Yeah. I most certainly was not yelling. Okay. Ah, uh, goddamn. <laughs> anyway, uh, the other thing I want to talk about here briefly is Brittany's terrible schedule and how her grad school is impinging upon your enjoyment of this particular program. Uh-huh. <laughs> now it's my turn to shit on you. Okay. Because of my schedule. That's right. Well, <laughs> we, we've missed, not missed shows, but we've been late putting shows out and it will continue being erratic, not as scheduled as it usually is for the next probably 12 weeks. Only, I can't about shitting on Brittany, but it is because of her insane schedule this semester. But it's only for the Thursday show. That's right. Because basically the deal is I work all day and then I have a night class that I have to go to on Wednesdays. And so I don't get out of school until 945. I come home and I usually have to do homework that I didn't do. And eat and everything and else. And eat and things and so we don't start recording until late and then it is 1202 a.m los angeles time right now and then that is not great for jesse d who then has to you know do the technical stuff to the show that he does i pray over it and yeah hope it all turns out well exactly so anyway that's the deal i just want to let you know that we're not being total slackers there is a reason behind some of the lateness and we're not going to be skipping a bunch of shows but we might be several hours later in getting them onto the intertubes. Right. Just for the Thursday show. Right. So speaking of calling into the show like the Marlboro lady did, we have voicemails, or at least one voicemail, and an email to get to before we get to the rest of the show. So without further ado, let's get to the voicemail. Amy from Tennessee called in in response to to what I dubbed the altruism porn, that video we talked about last episode of the little girl going out and giving her food to the prop homeless man outside. 
All right, so this is Amy from Memphis, Tennessee, just calling in about the um, video of the little girl feeding the homeless man. Um, those types of videos always annoy me, and I generally pass them over because very few things that I take from my religious upbringing, but that um, somewhere in the Bible, although a lot of people who are Christians do not abide by this, but somewhere in the New Testament, or the Old Testament, I can't even remember, it also said that you are not supposed to brag about the good you do because you getting the attention now is, it's all about you at that point. So um, that's my visceral, like, you know, being taught that as a child, that's what I learned. But also, yeah, um, it's tacky and it's always upset me whenever people pretty much are just like, hey, I did a good thing just so that you'll notice me. But where are they doing off screen or um, when the camera's not on them? And certainly I don't believe charity should be for show. The scripture you're talking about is actually Matthew 6, verses 1 through 8. And it says, take heed that you do not do your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you'll have no reward from your father in heaven. Uh, therefore, when you fucking King James, man, I don't. What, what, why are we still reading this? Therefore, when when therefore, when you thou doest thine alms, your charity. Wow. Do not sound a trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it said to do that. Uh, uh, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. But mm. when thou doest alms, let thou left hand not know what thy right hand doeth. That's Jesus talking. Mm. So I agree with her 100%. In fact, um, I had... A couple different listeners send me some links, one of which sent me some links from a church here in the Southern California area where they do these types of videos and put it on their website, mm -hmm. which is completely contradictory to the teachings in the Bible. So, come on. Well, you know, they often do things that are very consistent with uh, the Bible and the, just generally speaking, right, there's a lot right. of consistency among the varied beliefs, right? Well, even like praying in public is something that Jesus said not to do. Mm -hmm. And constantly people making spectacles of themselves, praying before they eat in restaurants and everything else. Eh, I get it, but just follow your Bible, I guess. Or don't. <laughs> In many, many cases, or please. follow the good stuff. In many cases, please don't, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we have an email. I guess not really email. It was from the, the, the contact sheet on the website. Every person who has a podcast or a YouTube channel. Uh-oh. Uh, it's not, start, not good, <laughs> is it? Or some sort of social media account loves to talk about things like the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. Did anybody at all see or hear what the Seattle Seahawks did on Sunday? Standing together, arms locked, showing racial unity and team unity. Isn't this a better message? 
this is something I can get behind. The message, at least to me, is clear. We don't always have to agree on everything or get along all the time, but let's work together on the issues and search for a solution. Showing pride in what the flag and the anthem represent and honoring the people who defend it is a much more positive message. It also shows that, yes, there are problems, but the flag didn't cause the problems, neither did the anthem. I would rather follow, I don't really follow anyone personally, someone who unites all people instead of an individual or someone who divides people. What I would like to see is more people covering the Seahawks stand instead of the Neil. Unfortunately, most people want to talk about Kaepernick and his small following. His 15 minutes is about up, I think. Drew. I think that is a very simplistic view of things, Drew. Also, I think that your, your, your attachment to positivity is misplaced. Because wouldn't you say it would be a very positive thing if we could end racial discrimination, the targeting of black males in this country from police? Don't you think that would be a positive thing if we could eliminate that? Because that is what this protest is about. You might not agree. You might not think it's uh, the most effective. But a conversation has been started about this topic, and he is shining a light on it through the protest. And that is a positive thing. Well, this is almost like a Pollyanna viewpoint of the world, right? Where it's, I don't want to focus on the the negative stuff. Let's only talk about like the good stuff that's going on. Right, right. Because there's a lot of positivity that we could be focusing on. And it is burdensome to talk about the, the difficult issues. Sure. The negative stuff. So with Drew and his wanting to talk about the Seattle Seahawks and their rallying behind the flag... Is that going to uh, stop cops from killing innocent and unarmed black men in America? I doubt it. Well, and someone might say, well, is Colin Kaepernick really doing something to further that effort? And some someone could say, no. No, absolutely. Right? That, that, that's a valid argument. Right. But the fact is he's attempting to shine light on the issue. And by ignoring it, there's no chance that there is shining light on the issue. That's right. Because, oh, let's just focus on the good. Let's focus on the good. Let's not talk about the issues. Well, it really is the problem that the controversy has become. That Colin Kaepernick, while I think well-intended, he intended something to come of this, the conversation didn't shift as fully to, yeah, there is a problem in America with police brutality. It, it, it became more about, oh, this asshole didn't stand up for the flag. And then it was about the national anthem. And it it became not about what he ultimately wanted it to be about. The focus really, the preponderance of the focus, let's say, stayed on the act itself and not what he was meaning the act to bring about. So, uh, listen, uh, thanks for the email, Drew. I appreciate it very much. I just, I disagree with you. And that's uh, that's the beauty of what we got going here. That's, I hope, the beauty of this program, that we want to move the conversation forward. It's not always important to agree with one another. What's most important is having the conversation civilly. And Drew, we do not wish that you would drop dead. We wish And we hope you don't want, well, she didn't want you to drop dead, Brittany. Well, she disagrees with you and she wanted you to drop dead. I'm trying to make a parallel. It's not working, but I was trying and then you... Took an S all over it. So thanks. Thanks Hi a there. lot. I'd love to have my voice used on the air. 
No. <laughs> you know, no one is that happy to call in. I should have known that it was going to go south as soon as I heard how happy she was. She was real happy. Sure, I'll have my voice used. I can't Urgh. wait. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. All right. Well, if you, too, would like to sound off to the show, please do. You can go to the website. There's a contact form there. You can call in 657-464-7609. Or, of course, you can always email from your smartphone a voice memo to idoubtit at dollamore.com. All right. Well, in the course of follow-up, I'm going to talk about a couple of rape cases. Not that we've talked about in the past, but it, it seems to be all too often we talk about the scourge of rape on this program and the under-sentencing or sometimes no sentencing at all as a result of this horrific crime. Well, a football player in North Carolina at the University of North Carolina has waited six or seven months to be sentenced for the rape of a classmate. Today, a University of North Carolina football player accused of sexual assault was suspended from the team and a warrant was issued for his arrest. The alleged attack was seven months ago, but the woman involved says that the police, prosecutors, and the university have been slow to take action. Benita Nyer has more on this. After I was raped, I went to the hospital and gave an account of what I could remember. I was treated like a suspect. 19-year-old Delaney Robinson says the alleged attack happened at an on-campus apartment. She says she was there with Alan Artis, a linebacker at the University of North Carolina she just met. I was drinking that night on Valentine's Day. I'm underage, and I take responsibility for that. But that does not give anybody the right to violate me. Robinson says she reported the assault that night and a rape kit was administered. She gave statements to both law enforcement and university police. Almost seven months later, the university has not charged the athlete. According to the Department of Education, there were 94 sexual assault cases on college campuses last year. This year, that number has jumped to 273, a nearly 200 percent increase. Robinson says she is coming forward to push for change. I'm taking this public stand not for me, but for the other students on campus who are not protected, despite what the university says. Both the university and the head football coach said they are aware of the allegations and are cooperating with the authorities, but cannot comment on the investigation. Scott, we reached out to the accused player, but have not yet heard back. Vanita Nair, thanks very much. So for seven months, this young lady shared a campus with her rapist. Alleged rapist. For seven months after her attack, she was in the student center with him. She was in the cafeteria with him. She was ostensibly in class, possibly, with him. Having nothing done. One, I don't believe that the investigation of rape is a campus issue. It should always be a police issue. But it looks as though the police definitely dropped the fucking ball related to this case. Here is a fuller recap of her statement to the media. 
After I was raped, I went to the hospital and gave an account of what I could remember to the sexual assault nurse. Then I was quizzed again by DPS investigator who asked consistently demeaning and accusatory questions. What was I wearing? What was I drinking? How much did I drink? What did I eat that day? Did I lead him on? Have I hooked up with him before? Do I often have one night stands? Did I even say no? What is my sexual history? How many men have I slept with? I was treated like a suspect. My humiliation turned to rage when I watched the recorded interview of my rapist by DPS investigators. Rather than accusing him of anything, the investigators spoke to him in a tone of camaraderie. They provided reassurances to him when he became <coughs> upset. They even laughed with him when he told them how many girls' phone numbers he had managed to get on the same night that he raped me. They told him, don't sweat it. Just keep on living your life and keep on playing football. This man raped me and the police told him not to sweat it. How can this happen? Where's the protection for students? Why does the university not care that this rapist is free and could possibly harm another student? The police and authorities should not be creating an environment where another woman will be hesitant to report a rape because she's not being believed. Now, relative to some of those questions that were asked, some of those questions, just as a matter of investigation, they need to be asked. How much were you drinking? What were you wearing? Um, did you say no? Those are just investigatory things. They have to, they have to know for a criminal trial. Because if it's not established early on, yes, I said no, then it will not bode well for trial. If it's established, yes, I refused his sexual advances, I said no, then it determines, yeah, that's a rape then. Asking how much you drank could go to your state of mind. Just They have to get a picture of what took place. However, all the other shit is absolutely unacceptable. So I'm starting to wonder if cops don't watch the news or read the news. Or believe the news. Well, no. I'm talking about read or believe the news. Because how many of these stories need to come out? How many cops need to be shamed? Yeah. How many lawyers, how many judges, how many people need to be shamed for speaking in a way they shouldn't be speaking to victims before they learn that, oh, maybe this isn't going to go well for me right? if I take this route. If I do the wrong thing. Right. They're doing the wrong thing. Right. Pat this fucking animal on the back. And if you can't do the right thing just of your own volition, just your own choice based on your moral compass, then you'd think that the threat of being publicly shamed yes. would get you in line. You would think so. But that's still not the case. So it's it's very confusing. Well, we're 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 slowly coming to a time where information travels so quickly. I think the in the future, the fear of of public shaming, of ridicule, will start 
turning the tide of these assholes. That we're not going to be seeing this as much, let's say, in a decade, because that they will become so accustomed to this happening that it's going to weed out these terrible animals, these cops who are 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 joking around and you know, oh, camaraderie with the football player. In a lot of these college campuses, especially in these athlete communities, and UNC is a, they don't have the greatest football team, but they are a, uh, they are a basketball school. So they, the student athletes, they get treated differently than the rest of the student body. And they are, they carry with them some level of celebrity status in their communities. And I could see very well that taking place here. And these cops maybe getting autographs or can you sign a jersey? Let's take some pictures. It's disgusting. You 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 give an oath when you sign up for the for the police force. You're you're protecting and serving, not the victimizers, but the victims, the innocent general public. And they failed her in this case. It's a bummer. This next one is also a bummer, also rape-related. A judge presiding over a rape case said some horrific, insanely insensitive, ridiculous things to the victim of rape. I'll let Ashley Banfield from CNN take it from here. The judge in a rape case, asked the woman who was a rape victim, quote, I don't want to get this one wrong, why couldn't you just keep your knees together? End quote. The judge's name is Robin Camp. He is right now in the middle of a week-long judicial council hearing that is going to determine whether that man stays in that robe or stays on that bench or gets the boot. It all stems from this 2014 case. The rape victim was a 19-year-old woman. She had been raped over a bathroom sink, she said, during a house party. The court records show that Judge Camp had plenty of advice for the accuser and then for the man who was charged with the crime as well. So let's start with the advice that he had for the woman in his courtroom. Um, why didn't she, quote, just skew her pelvis or push her bottom to the sink to avoid penetration. And then his advice for the man in the courtroom after he acquitted him. Quote, I want you to tell your friends, your male friends, that is, that they have to be far more gentle with women. They have to be far more patient and they have to be very careful to protect themselves. They have to be very careful. And then listen to these comments in general, just for the rest of us. Young women want to have sex, particularly if they're drunk. Some sex and pain sometimes go together. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't know if the top of your head has popped off, but mine did the first time I saw this. And then I read about the verdict. So that verdict was actually overturned on appeal. There's a brand new trial that's scheduled for November, and the judge has since apologized, apparently a couple of times. He's apologized. 
that guy, you know, who was in his court, who was acquitted, is out there somewhere. But the judge apologized. Now, this isn't an American case. Judge Robin Camp is a Canadian federal judge. Born and raised in South Africa and having moved to Canada as a young man. So this isn't just an American problem. This really is a male perspective issue. And because rape is not as nearly as prevalent among males on the receiving end, there's a breakdown of understanding and empathy that is an epidemic right now, maybe. I don't know. I um I just I mean I it's it's getting very old. Yeah. Um I just don't really know how to respond to it anymore. I don't really know what to say anymore. I think it's good to talk about it. I think it's good to share these stories because I think people don't understand that there are people out there who really hold these views. Yeah. And it's very damaging. Well, listen, I still resist rape culture the thought that we live in rape culture that there is a rape culture in our country i don't really believe that still and the reason i don't believe it is because there's outrage when shit like this goes down if we lived in a rape culture it'd be like eh, that's no big deal at least that's the way i think but there's definitely a problem and it's it's multinational. It's not just the United States, obviously. Like you're saying the reaction would be, oh, he's just speaking the truth. Rather, right, rather right. than, uh, what is this guy saying? Okay, we need to punish him. Quote, unquote, punish him. Take him through a little sensitivity training or whatever the hell he's going through. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 alarming. Especially when people in positions of power and authority don't have the requisite education and training and understanding of things that are serious cases like this that they're presiding over. Well, th that's what's alarming to me is he's a judge. Yes. I, I don't know how long he's been a judge. I don't know how many cases he's heard. I don't know how many experiences he's had with criminals, but I I'm going to assume quite a bit because he's an older man. At um, least as long as I've been alive. So... <laughs> I'm assuming he's also had sex. I'm assuming he's not a virgin. Well, he's talking about how he loves it when it hurts. Um, Some pain kind of goes along with let's it. Let's just, for the sake of the example, say that he's a heterosexual man married to a woman and he's had sex with women. Right. And he's saying, why didn't you just close your knees? Okay, does he know that even if she closed her knees, if someone's wanting to rape her, that they're just going to pop her knees open right. and rape her. Right. I, I mean, I don't I don't even understand how someone this educated is coming up with this scenario um being a man knowing the strength that he has, knowing the strength that he that he has over women. Yeah. Being someone that's had sex with a woman knows how the process goes. I mean, I'm just I, what happened to his brain? It is hubris. As he sits in judgment in important cases. It's sickening. And this is happening all too often where people aren't being sentenced or they're being under-sentenced. Typically, as we've seen, with white people. 
like Aaron Persky and the Brock Turner case. Again, I think the tide is turning because outrage is shining a bright light on these types of cases. All right. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. So as a Patreon supporter, you will... Or PayPal. Or PayPal. Yeah. You will be helping us with the bonus debate episodes. Yes, 11 days, 17 hours, and 30 minutes. I'm very excited. And the first presidential debate will happen on a Monday night. And we are going to do our bonus episodes because, you know, this is going to be good. (laughs) It's going to be real good. So if you'd like to help us join the ranks on Patreon by going to dollamore.com slash Patreon or dollamore.com slash PayPal, you can even go to dollamore.com slash Amazon and make your amazing Amazon purchases, giving us just a little bit of a kickback on whatever you buy. I like the word commission. Well, whatever it is. A kickback. That sounds too mafia. Well, <laughs> that's how we roll. That's how we roll here. And also, I want to mention that those links, those aren't links on our website. That just redirects you to the other website. It's just an easier thing to say. Dollamore.com slash Patreon slash PayPal and slash Amazon. Yeah. We like it easy. Yeah, simple. Yeah. I'm lazy turd. So I assume everybody's a lazy turd like me. Well, yeah. And needs the help. Yeah. 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 Dollamocracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Donald Trump finally took advantage of the misstep in words of Hillary Clinton talking about a basket of deplorables, and mentioned it in a speech. Which is kind of odd because he doesn't usually capitalize on these moments with Hillary Clinton. He certainly didn't do it well enough with the stumbling at the 9-11 memorial. He let that one go almost altogether. He lets his surrogates do, do a lot of the damage, but they don't seem to be really focused on hitting back very well. Here are his remarks. Our support comes from every part of America and every walk of life. We have the support of cops and soldiers, carpenters and welders, the young and the old, and millions of working class families who just want a better future and a good job. These were the people Hillary Clinton so viciously demonized. These were among the countless Americans that Hillary Clinton called deplorable, irredeemable, and un-American. Nobody's heard anything like this. She called these patriotic men and women every vile name in the book. She called them racist, sexist, 
xenophobic, Islamophobic. She called half of our supporters a basket of deplorables. I don't know if you were listening as closely as I was, but this is a remarkable thing that we know Donald Trump has giant balls and ignores the ridiculous shit that he says often. We know his surrogates do too. But he said this. These were among the countless Americans that Hillary Clinton called deplorable, irredeemable, and un-American. Nobody's heard anything like this. Nobody's heard anything like this, Donald Trump. Nobody's heard anything like this. Are we to have forgotten this? They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. Or how about the time that he said that a, a judge was unable to be impartial in a case involving him because he was a Mexican, even though he was born in Indiana? Is that not the definition of racism? No, I don't think so at all. No. no? No, he's proud of his heritage. I, I respect him for You're that. saying he can't do his job because of it. Uh, look, he's proud of his heritage, okay? I'm building a wall. Now, I think I'm going to do very well he's with Hispanics. Citizen. You know why I'm going to do well with Hispanics? Because I'm going to bring back jobs, and they're going to get jobs right now. They're going to get jobs. I think I'm going to do very well with Hispanics, but we're building a wall. He's a Mexican. We're building a wall between here and Mexico. The answer is... He is giving us very unfair rulings, rulings that people can't even believe. Nobody's heard anything like this. Now the poor guy, you got to see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Ah, oh, I don't remember. Nobody's heard anything like this. Reading from his teleprompter, Donald Trump apparently wants us to believe that Hillary Clinton is, oh my God, she has crossed the line. Now, I've already said, I, I think that she's was stupid for having said this, her campaign. They made a giant mistake. Mm -hmm. But I don't altogether disagree with Hillary Clinton because Donald Trump and his supporters, it's, it's bad news. But for him to say that no one's ever heard anything like this is <laughs> asinine. Well, it's very much Donald Trumpian, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I have a very good brain, and I've said a lot of things. <laughs> well, he, he's so used to just saying things and having them be accepted without contemplation. He's, he's, he's surrounded by yes-men. Well, not only that, all of his supporters are yes. just, they, with open arms, accept whatever he says, right. and they viciously defend it. It yeah. doesn't matter how truth how true it is. Yeah. So in the face of all, and we don't have time for me to play every single clip that I have of him saying terrible things. And there are many, many that I have. But in the face of all of that, Mike Pence, again with the brass balls, has, has the, 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 the gall to go on a news program and talk about this basket of deplorables comment while in the same breath refusing to call David Duke, the former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, refusing to call him deplorable. 
Let's get into this whole issue uh, that Hillary Clinton raised the other night when she spoke about the basket of deplorables. Uh, she said uh, that half in her initial statement, she said this. Uh, she said, to be grossly generalistic, you can put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables, right? Racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. Afterwards, very quickly, within a day, she issued a statement saying she regretted saying half. It wasn't half. I spoke to her press secretary today. I said, well, what percentage? He wouldn't give me a percentage. But she said there are supporters, and you know this, there are some supporters of Donald Trump and Mike Pence uh, who, like David Duke, for example, and some other white nationalists, who would fit into that category of de uh, deplorables, Right. Well, I, as I've told you the last time I was on, I, I, I'm not really sure why the media keeps dropping David Duke's name. Uh, Donald Trump has denounced David Duke repeatedly. We don't want his support, and we don't want the support of people who think so like him. So you call him a deplorable. You would call him a deplorable. I, no, I don't, I'm not in the name-calling business, Wolf. You know me better than that. What Hillary Clinton did Friday night was shocking. What Hillary Clinton did Friday night was shocking not even having taken a breath yet from saying, oh, you know, I'm not in the name-calling business. I'm not going to call a, a, a current racist, <laughs> a man who has gone to uh, Holocaust denial symposiums in Iran, shaking the hand, photo ops, glad-handing with Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. He's not going to call that deplorable. He's not going to call that man deplorable. At the very least, he could have said, look, I don't want to call the man deplorable, but his ideas are certainly deplorable. Racism and bigotry and anti-Semitism is certainly deplorable. He didn't even have the moral courage. It's not even courage to do that. He didn't even do that. The definition of deplorable, in case you were wondering, I am wondering, is very bad in a way that causes shock, fear, or disgust. Oh, so Donald Trump is the definition of deplorable. Well, and so is David Duke. I mean, you know, Hillary Clinton tweeted after this happened and said, if you won't say the KKK is deplorable, you have no business running this country. Yes. And even though David Duke always loves to you know, say that thing that he's no longer in the KKK, that that was in the past, blah, blah, blah. He just shares all the beliefs that they Right, you're have. the exact same person right. just without your wizard title, so. And your stupid outfit with the, the, the ghost hood and the. I'm sure he still has that. Oh, yeah. He, he probably... just no longer has the fancy wizard title. He just doesn't have to spend a lot of money at, on Halloween. He's got a, you know, just a go-to Halloween costume every year. Yeah, I bet David Duke <laughs> loves Halloween. <laughs> Well, listen, things aren't looking real good right now for Trump. If you look at national polls, he's certainly, he's certainly right on top. But uh, national polls don't matter at all. And things aren't looking good in the future, or for the future, rather, because his foundation is being investigated right now by the New York Attorney General. Here is a CNN clip where the Arkansas Attorney General is interviewed, and she's a Republican Trump supporter, and uh, something's wrong with her. The Trump Foundation is facing new scrutiny. The New York New York's Attorney General is investigating the organization to make sure to look into if 
the Trump Foundation was complying with the laws governing charities in the state of New York. The Washington Post reports that Trump spent money from his charity on himself and made contributions by others appear to have come from him. Well, I think from my colleague in New York, Attorney General Schneiderman, this is a very weak statement that he has put out that he might investigate, that he might look into the Trump Foundation. This is, uh, unfortunately, this is a big supporter of Secretary Hillary Clinton doing a hack job for her. And it's, it's unfortunate for the profession of the attorneys general around the country that General Snyderman has chose to do so. But I, I can assure you that the Trump Foundation is fine, that this issue has been laid to rest. And it's just unfortunate sense. that my colleague in New York is it's taking it to this level and putting out a, a weak statement about a Trump Foundation, which has done so much good across the country over the years. One of the reports is that charity money, they spent charity money on a, on a six foot tall painting of him painting of, of Donald Trump. You okay with that? What do you think her answer is going to be, Brittany? Um, that it is a great way to spend the money and that it's actually a very classy, <laughs> beautiful painting. It is indefensible. <laughs> there is no justification for spending money, charitable money, on a six-foot painting <laughs> of yourself. You know, he has so much money. Can't he just use the the money that he's always talking about, how rich he is, to buy his own painting with his own money, not from his foundation? It is. It, well, let's listen. Let's let's see what uh, what wonderful, genius answer the Arkansas attorney general gives. Well, as someone who's only five foot two, I'm a little astounded at a six foot tall painting that would be pretty large for any living room that I own. And so I don't know what exactly the Trump Foundation, the specifics of what they spent money on, but I know that they have done so much good over the years. And again, this is another political hack job by Democratic Insider. Should a charity spend money on a painting? Just yes or no? Well, I, I don't know what the charity's motives were for, for doing that. And so I, I think that would be a question for the foundation, not for me as the attorney general of Arkansas. Well, there are many uses for uh, a six-foot-tall painting of Donald Trump. Yeah. M- many. I mean, well, she's, she doesn't know the exact use because there are so many. Well, maybe so- somebody needed a toilet <laughs> and it's just a receptacle for poop and pee, Brittany. Yikes. Yeah, that sounds pretty rational to me. Uh, well, oh, that's that's a question for the uh, for the foundation, not for me, the attorney general of Arkansas. Well, you're the one we're asking questions. You're the go- the guest we booked on the show, <laughs> attorney general, who's defending the Trump Foundation. Well, also, I'm sure we'll get a a clear and accurate, honest response from the foundation. We've also talked about how they bought Tim Tebow jerseys. And a football and sign memorabilia at an auction using the Trump Foundation money. Those were items that Donald Trump kept and he has. How is that good use? How is that changing lives or all this wonderful good that they're doing? What are they doing? Is anybody going to investigate that? I'm sure the Washington Post is on it. But it all just brings into light that there's all kinds of questions about Donald Trump. Where's his taxes? It's another question that's being asked right now. In fact, Allison Camerata sat with Trump campaign manager, an absolute charlatan, 
just a bald-faced liar she is. She has no honor. She sat with Allison Camerata and faced questions about Trump and his taxes. Let's talk about Donald Trump's tax records. When can we expect to see them? When his lawyer and his accountants tell him that he should release him, when he's no longer under audit. He's made that very clear. Um, has Donald Trump or will he release anything from the IRS, a letter from the IRS proving that he's under audit? I'm sorry? Will Donald Trump release anything from the IRS proving that he's under audit? I don't know. Why? In other words, why, why are you, are you calling him taking, a liar? Well, we're taking his word for it. Are you calling him a liar? And we're taking Hillary Clinton's word for it that she was overheated and didn't have pneumonia or that she's going to be aspirational uplifting or she's going to start talking to the press again. I mean, seriously, we're going to, we're running against a Clinton and we're going to challenge someone's veracity. The founder of LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman, is offering to give veterans groups $5 million if Donald Trump releases his tax records. That sounds like a great deal for veterans. That's obviously a cause close to Mr. Trump's heart. Will this be an impetus for him? Despite, uh, we know what his lawyers have said, but the IRS has said that he can release it. They will not punish him. Lots of tax attorneys have said he can release it. He will not be punished. Will he release it now, given this motivation? No, but I hope that that man thinks so much of the veterans that he would give them $5 million, whether or not Mr. Trump uh, defies the advice of his lawyer and his accountant and releases his taxes. And I also would love to tell you, Allison, that I've looked at the CNN poll, I've looked at everybody's polling, I look at our own polling. I just can't find where this is a burning issue to most of Americans. It goes right back to what Hillary Clinton said. To be so dismissive of tens of millions of Americans also means that people... Uh, people <laughs> around here and, and elsewhere think that somehow the issues that are vexing Americans are not economy, jobs, terrorism, health care, immigration, education, exactly what they tell the CNN pollsters, exactly what we hear in our own polling. Kellyanne Conway, everybody. Disgusting. Let me tell you, Miss Conway, people do care about Donald Trump's taxes. People do care about what is being hidden from them about what conflicts of interest might be lurking inside of the th two or three most recent years of tax returns. How much money he maybe doesn't have, that he's a liar, what business dealings he has with Russia, why he's so cozy and so comfortable praising a brutal, murderous dictator like Vladimir Putin. All valid questions and all questions that are being asked by Americans. Well, Donald Trump is, is, is taking a swing through southern states and going to black churches. Trying to woo black support. The African-American vote in this country. Recently, he, he was at a church. And in the course of his speech, and this isn't actually in the South, this is Flint, Michigan. But in the course of his speech, he starts attacking Hillary Clinton. And from stage right, the pastor comes out from behind a curtain and interrupts him and tells him, hey, listen, we didn't bring you here to attack Hillary Clinton, make a political speech. We came here for you to thank us for what we're doing. Uh, I'll let you listen. I guess, and then I'll comment. Hillary failed on the economy, just like she has failed on foreign policy. Everything she touched didn't work out. Nothing. Now Hillary Clinton. Mr. Trump, I invited you 
here to thank us for what oh, we've done. Oh, 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 okay. Not okay. to give a political statement. Okay, that's good. Then I'm going to go back on the front. Okay. Okay. Flint's, uh, Flint's pain is a result of so many different failures. And I must say that, that, no, I never, never would, never would, never would. And, and frankly, Time Magazine, uh, as you know, they reported this year that the federal government, they've got a long way to go to bring Flint back. And, and I look at the damage done and the damage, and the damage can be taken care of. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. So the end there, he starts getting heckled by the crowd, which didn't look like a, a tremendous group of people. A lot, not a lot of people there. And uh, the pastor comes back out from the curtain and says, listen, you're in my church. You're going to respect him while he's here. Uh, respect this, her. No, respect Donald Trump. Oh, defending him from the hecklers. Yeah, right. that's right. So what's weird here is... I, why would you invite Donald Trump and not expect him to give a political speech? Yeah. I just think that's odd. Well, I'm also surprised by how receptive he was to the direction given to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She well, came out and said, hey, I don't want you doing that. He's like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, never mind. Just like when he went to Mexico and he was just total puss. You know? Well, he turns into this little meek little weakling when opposed. This is not the guy we want for president. It's like I said, uh, in the wake of that, we want a guy who's the same. He's the same with black audiences as he is with his white crazy audiences. If you're going to be this bombastic guy, be the same bombastic guy to every crowd. Don't be a coward because you're facing a strong black woman. Well, I, I, I don't know if it's being a coward so much as it is um, pandering and doing what is politically expedient. There's, I think there's something cowardice to that. So, well, I mean, he has built a campaign on this image of himself as not that. Right, not politically correct. So then when he is that, his supporters should be outraged and concerned, maybe, but they're not. So well, they don't remember. I don't frankly have time for total political correctness he just doesn't have time for it Brittany. yeah he's a busy man it's pretty time consuming <laughs> not being a dick takes a lot of time a lot of time and energy yeah look my natural state is dick face so it's hard for me i gotta really focus and bear down and just pour a lot of a lot of mental energy into not being a dick face quote end quote donald trump that's right <laughs> All right, well, listen, let's wrap it up on the Republicans here. A guy we've talked about in the past during the Republican National Convention, he sat with MSNBC reporters. This is Steve King from Iowa who, who challenged the, the panel to come up with any other group that has done more for Western civilization than white people. He was on with Chris Cuomo of CNN talking about how he wants to promote the natural family. I just want to make that, that clear. And the second Not one, when you say encourage families, more babies and all that, would you include the LGBT community in that in terms of families to encourage having kids and expanding them? Obviously, Mike Pence as the Indiana governor and running mate um, may weigh in on that decision. Would you be open mm -hmm. to this meeting all families? 
I want to respect all people, but I want to promote the natural family, Chris, and I think that's the most wholesome thing that we can do. And, what is the, uh, what's, the family? what's the natural family? What's the natural family in, family in your is, opinion? Uh, is a man and a woman joined together, hopefully in holy matrimony, blessed by God with children. But you do know that even on a scientific level, when we look at social research, they're finding out more and more that babies adopted in uh, to LGBT families are doing just as well, if not better, than what you call a natural family. What does that suggest to you? I think I'd need to look a little further into some of that research. And, uh, you know, we got down the global warming argument and found out there was another side to that equation, too. No, we so, did not. Uh, no, I'm not looking at that research. I would want to look at it. And uh, as I say, I want to respect all human persons. We're all gifts from God. Uh, but I want to encourage the natural family. That's the best and most wholesome way to raise a child. And that's been the case for throughout thousands of years of human history. And I think we need to go with the things we know work. Right. But what we know that what works is loving the kid, giving them the attention, giving them the time. There is no reason to believe that you have to have a man and a woman to do that. And if we th see anything with the breakdown of the family, the man and the woman thing has its own shortfalls, right? Look at the divorce rate, look at single parent families, look at all the destruction of children and family welfare in this country. It doesn't seem like a sure thing. Why not encourage anything that gets a child loved and provided for? Chris, I just don't think it's true that there's no reason to believe that a child needs a man and a woman to raise them. A child needs a father and a mother no, to I raise them. No, I didn't say there's no uh, reason to believe it. I'm saying there's plenty of reason to believe it's not the only way it can be done well. That's what I'm saying. I say the evidence is very heavy on the other side of this thing. To have a role model as a man in the home, to have a role model as a woman in the home, especially a model of a father and a mother that, that, are, that are joined together and working together in a team, that, that is the, the best way that we can hope that all children are raised. And so I'm not discouraging or disparaging anyone, but I'm suggesting we should put our energy into promoting the model that has worked, and that is, that is the natural family, or you could call it the nuclear family. And that's what, that's what the research that I see supports. And that's the human experience that we have for hundreds and hundreds of years. So a couple things. Um, <laughs> when he says that he needs to take a look at that, at the research. Um, yeah. Global warming, climate change denier, Steve King. What What is his educational background? He's probably a lawyer. Does he know how to read research? Does he know how to... Review the literature. Does he know how to do that? He, he's a he's a guy who just he skims the abstract. I'm you know, sure. I I have concerns about this because of what he said about global warming. He said there's a whole other side to that, and that is not tr the, the 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 overwhelming consensus of science. Like 97 or 98 percent of scientists say climate change is a thing. It is happening, and it is human caused. Well, listen, there might be another side to it in that there is an article out there that contradicts some findings in global warming. But that's not really how science works, you see. It's the scientific consensus. So, yeah, there might be another side to some of the research that's out there. But what does the consensus say? And that's what you go off of. That's exactly right. The other thing is that he really brings in religion and his personal belief system based on his mythology into making laws that apply 
to American citizens that serve to oppress and strip away rights from Americans who happen to be gay and lesbian about having kids, about raising families. And that's a problem. That Just because they're not what he is, they're not going to be afforded the same rights and privileges as other Americans, which isn't equal protection under the Constitution of the United States. Steve King is an important, powerful man on Capitol Hill. He serves in very prestigious committee assignments. He's also a terrible person. All right. Let's wrap this up. We always really do try to leave you on a positive note. Sometimes that's not necessarily possible. Today is one of those days. It's the asshole of today. So the asshole of today is the police officers in East Liverpool, Ohio. Oh, I know what this is. So you may have seen this picture of two people, a, a man and a woman, passed out in a car. Uh, they had overdosed on heroin. And they had been driving when this happened. Right. Um, and, and they have their seatbelts on and they are passed out and, and, and look dead, quite frankly. They look they, dead. They do. It, I mean, it looks like something out of The Walking Dead. And this is the one with the four year old in the back seat, right? Yeah. And so that's why the cops are the asshole of today, because they took this photo to shame the the people who had overdosed, which, OK, you can. I'm OK with that. You can argue that, that that's a good thing. Well, I think some it's people okay. take that position. I think it's OK because they got the kid in the back. OK, well, but yeah, that that's where the problem is here. So some people take that position, but. So the police wanted to shame these people and in the course of shaming these adults who made this decision have put this four-year-old in a position where his face is now on the internet tied to these people. And, and I don't know if their names have been released. I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked into it that much. But if their names have been released, that means there is some trace to this four-year-old on the internet. That's exactly right. And this kind of goes along with like the sharenting discussions that we've had where... Oh, yeah, for you know, sure. This is not his choice. He didn't sign up for this. And... He's captive, ultimately, in this car. Seatbelted in. He can't get himself out. And and these none of these kids that people are posting about all the time are choosing to have this information shared about them. That's right. All of it frustrates me, but this is particularly egregious because this is very sad. Well, the reason we know that the police department released the picture unblurred is because we've seen the picture unblurred. If you've seen it with the kid's face blurred, it's because you've seen it released from a media organization that was responsible because they just got the picture from the, from the police and they chose to blur it. That's the right thing to do here. I think that there might be some legal leg as far as suing because he didn't ask for for this notoriety. He didn't ask to be to be made public. 
Again, police not protecting and not serving correctly. Taking it upon themselves with great hubris to make a decision about whether or not this four-year-old should be outed because his grandparents are assholes. Or if you don't even go that far, they have a sickness and illness that in, in turn caused them to commit child abuse. Either way you look at it, it's not the kid's fault. So asshole today, East Liverpool Police Department for not blurring the face of this innocent four-year-old boy. All right. With that great news, leaving you on a high note, we're going to leave you. We love you guys. We appreciate every minute that you spend listening to the show. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week or as often as you do, why don't you go over to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. There's a link that says support the show. There you can find all kinds of ways to get involved. If none of those ways work for you, why don't you go over to iTunes, leave us a review, maybe a rating and a review. That would be awesome. We would appreciate it very much. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. I hope you fucking drop dead. <laughs>